Hello to all our dads out there and moms. Welcome to another episode of the Fade You podcast. Thank you so much for listening to our little show. Please follow us on Twitter if you're not already at Fade You Sports. And please subscribe to the pod. Uh, we are slowly growing and that helps us and supports us. So we really, really appreciate that. Whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever, hit that subscribe button. And then uh, we have plenty of good shows for you. So you'll get them all. My name is Matthew James. I have a modified cast here with me tonight. Joe Ham is here. Joseph, yes. we all survived Chris Duke's bachelor party. Uh, he's barely. not here. Chris is on timeout until next time. So, uh, but yeah, we did barely survive the bachelor party. That was, uh, that was something. Yep. Still struggling right now. Like I told you earlier, I got off of work and I had to take like an hour nap. It was, uh, it's, it's been a rough time, but I'm glad we're done with it. And now on to the wedding. Onto that wedding, and oh man, what a wedding that will be. We are, uh, it's just Joe and I, and then we are blessed to be with a very special guest tonight. Uh, first time having you on, Joe. We have Joe Madden from Joe Madden Sports here with us. She's on Twitter at Joe Madden Sports. That's an easy one to find. Joe, thank you so much for making the time to do this with us. We have kind of been following you on Twitter over the last several months. I think we kind of know some of the same people, and I'm really glad this worked out. Absolutely, you guys. I'm really excited to be here. I'm wondering how many of your listeners were like, Joe, guy or girl, right? I'm a girl. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm really outnumbered here. One Matt, two Joes. So uh, this, this, yes. should be a, this should be a good time for me. So Joe, if you wouldn't mind just, you know, some of our followers probably, some may follow you, some maybe aren't familiar with you. How did you get to where you are? Um, you know, Fade, you started very small last summer. And we've just kind of tried to network and slowly grow. And, and we, I don't remember when we noticed you, but you interact so well with people on Twitter and you're so nice on Twitter and you kind of just knew, <laughs> okay, she's going to surpass us in followers very soon. And you certainly have. And, and now you have some really exciting things on the horizon. So how did you get here and, and why did you even want to be in the sports betting space at all? Okay, first, it's been a super long process getting to where I am at right now. Um, I've only been on Twitter for the last couple of months, though. Um, it was one of those platforms I just didn't understand, and I didn't want to put the work into it at first. So I primarily started off on Facebook and Instagram, and I've been on Facebook and Instagram with my picks and in this industry for the last three years, it would be now. Um, but then with COVID hitting and everything like that, I really started getting more into everything. I started learning Twitter, didn't have a Twitter account, but start talking to people and saying like, hey, like, what are the advantages of being on Twitter? And how do you really work it? And then seeing other people's sites and how to um, work Twitter, because obviously, guys, I had absolutely no clue when I started. So I love being over here. Um, it's been a lot of fun on Twitter. Uh, totally different than Instagram. You know, you got the picture based and the interaction though is second to none that you can have with people and meeting people like you guys. It's a lot of fun. So I got started in this industry. Yeah. Three years ago, um, it would be coming up and I've always been into sports. Um, I played netball growing up. North Americans are like, what the heck is netball? 
It's yeah. in the Summer Olympics. Um, it was actually invented in Canada and it's primarily played in like Australia, which is where I grew up and um, South Africa and England. And there is a Team USA. So it's played in the States as well. Um, but I was huge sports family. My family watched sports, talked sports, everything about sports. So I've always grown up with it. Um, even car racing. My dad used to always take us to the track. Um, super involved with that. Awesome. Kind of thing. Yeah, super great. I'm so glad my parents got me into loving sports. So then as I got older, um, I started realizing when I was at games, my dad was always rooting for the underdog. <laughs> and he was the, um, I can't swear, the you know what disturber at the game where you're like, what is this guy's problem? Because Everyone else cheering for the home team, and he's totally cheering for the underdog. Not because he thought the underdog was going to win, because my dad actually didn't bet sports, but because he just wanted to be that person. But <laughs> you know, if he was right, then he could be like, "Huh, I was right. Hundred of you were wrong. They're sitting around me." So um, he really got me into picking a side of these teams, and then I wanted to be against him because he was, you know, so cocky when he was right. Um, so that's how I really got into the betting side of it because I was like, okay, well, these games are way more fun when I pick a side. And, um, so I started really betting sports in my twenties and I was betting against a lot of my guy friends. So I wasn't actually, you know, putting money on a book, but I was like, Hey, 20 bucks, I bet you. Right. And because I have such a drive to be right it became, I started digging into and learning how to handicap these games on my own. I had no clue what I was doing at first, but I really dug into it. And I have an accounting background. So um, I'm a certified accountant and I know how to read numbers. I know stats. It's like my thing um, along with sports betting. So I was able to get a real edge on that. And as soon as I started being right all the time, it became, this is all I want to do. I just yeah. want to be right. I, I want to get into this and um, show people like, look at this. You have to see this, this, and this, and this is why this team's going to win. So uh, I started doing that. And then I got actually picked up by a local um, show in my area because they found a rant I wrote. So I wrote this huge rant on social media um, because there was a lot of guys that were disrespecting the fact that I like sports. They were telling me um, I only like teams because of their colors. I'm a San Diego Chargers fan, now LA Chargers, but it was, you only like your team for their color. Well, not the case. I could give them 500 reasons why. And then um, I was, I was single, still am single, but um, guys thought then they wanted to bet different things. And I was like, what is your problem? So I write this huge rant. And it got shared and shared and shared because everyone was like, yeah, she's so right. She doesn't bet for like her teams because of their colors. She knows her stuff, like all of these things. So I got picked up, started doing that. And then I just had a different direction. I wanted to go with um, everything I was doing. So I really focused on my Instagram. I really focused on my Facebook and building it up. And I've had fantastic opportunities with the people I've met on Facebook. Um, having the last name Madden is incredible in this Great. industry. Um, yes. Everyone's like, hey, like John Madden, your uncle? I'm like, 
absolutely he is because he's a butcher in Australia right? So <laughs> I do have an Uncle John Madden. I have a cousin, Steve Madden. It's uh, such a powerful oh, wow. last name. And so I've got to lo- um, know so many ex-athletes as well. Um, a rest in peace, the late Mike Davis, he became an incredible friend because he actually thought um, I was John Madden's niece and called me on Facebook Messenger. And we had this huge conversation. And I love telling this story because he was the sweetest person. Um, I've met in this industry and he's like, by the end of the conversation, he's like, dear, I don't care if John Madden's your um, uncle in Australia that's a butcher. We're just going to tell everyone <laughs> it's John Madden. And I'm like, no. <laughs> so absolutely wonderful industry to be in. Um, I love everything I'm doing. Um, and you guys, I really like being right. So it's a lot of fun. There's, there's so much there to unpack, whether it's just the the inherent competitiveness that you talked about just for people who love sports and people who love betting, that's just like the common denominator of, of everyone we've talked to is people, like you said, you love being right and you love being right when your friends are wrong. And so there's that, uh, just that the whole learning of like using that opportunity of COVID to just, okay, I'm already doing this and this, I'm going to learn this other new thing that I have no idea about. That's so cool. Um, and just your, your story in general is, uh, what, what a great story. Um, so wager talk, I mean, congratulations. I don't Thank know how much you. you can say about it, but that's very exciting. Yeah, it's super exciting. You guys are going to see me on a lot more content with wager talk. I'm going to be working, um, a lot with Kelly in Vegas, um, with some things that she wants me to do for them. So I am, I'm so excited because I have watched um, wager talk for years. I've watched Kelly for years. I've been so inspired by everything that she has done and everything that they do on their show. So yeah, it was kind of, um, they announced Thursday that I'd be joining their family and it's been a whirlwind. I've been working with Dave Koken, um, doing some, uh, college football conference previews for the last couple of weeks. So been having a lot of fun with that. And now that I'm officially part of the team, um, yeah, the smile can't stop on my face. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, I don't know if you knew this, but Kelly's actually our podcast mom. Okay. Yeah, we, we refer to her as our mom. Well, good. That, I hope she takes me under her wing like that as well. That, <laughs> that's just a silly thing we have in all seriousness. She's probably our original friend of the show. I mean, we when we were getting started, she was our proxy last year for the for the Circa contest. And we just kind of hit it off with her and befriended her and, and she's just awesome. So I can't wait to see the content you do with them. And how have your interactions with Kelly been? They've been fantastic. She's absolutely incredible. So um, yeah, I'm blessed to be able to work with her. I just, I still can't believe it. Honestly, um, the first time I talked to her and I've told this like a hundred times to people and I don't know if people are rolling their eyes or laughing at me or they're just like, okay. Um, when she said, hi, Joe, I felt like, um the junior girl that the quarterback had just like walked past right that oh my god what do I do what do I say I don't know how to answer her back this is really Kelly talking to me so it's kind of it's kind of a dream that's awesome so let's let's talk some sports betting I mean we're in uh we're in a really exciting time right now we've got football just around the corner uh, we missed a lot of preseason football because we were at Chris Duke's bachelor party and there may have been some other things happening. But uh, I mean, for me personally, I can't wait for baseball to be over. I like watching the baseball playoffs, but I have a really hard time 
betting baseball right now, I mean, some teams are packing it in. Some teams have everything to play for, but that's already priced into the number. How do you approach this stretch run of the baseball season where we get into mid to late August and then pennant race season through September? Yeah, I, I'm absolutely like you. I'm really am done with baseball right now. Um, it seems too long. I would love this season to be short, and I'm sorry to all the baseball fans out there. Um, <laughs> we're looking at, and I do, I love baseball. I love my Blue Jays. Um, and there's a lot of like great players that I do enjoy watching. Um, but I just feel like at this point, with how the books are, um, these favorites have been hitting so much. But it's juiced way too high. Um, I will, I will never bet something at minus 200. I'll never bet anything over minus 140. I think the highest I've actually gone in baseball, that's a lie is minus 142. Cause I really believed in it. Um, but right now, like it's hard to, it's hard to want to take bets when you're going to have to play them on the run line to get any value out of them. And then, you know, the underdogs have to win in some cases, but you're right. The storyline, there's a lot of teams that have given up. They, they absolutely yep. know um, there's no reason for them to go out there and get hurt. So betting now, unless you like to risk, you know, playing those parlays, there's not the value that there is in the first start, start of the season. And then when you bet parlays, you know, you're, you're giving the books so much money when they don't hit. So I don't like playing parlays unless it's like, absolutely i'm like a thousand percent sure that this parlay is going to hit so yeah we we right we do not like we we tell people to not do part weight part parlays that fade you it's yeah. just like you said you're giving money away like at least for baseball for me like you i don't ever lay over like minus 140 unless i'm slightly intoxicated and maybe on a live line because i do <laughs> shit like that all the time but hey, your phone should have a button like that. Like oh, I'm God. drinking, don't bet. Like <laughs> I say that about a lot of things. I'm drinking button should just automatically come on and block stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. You know how it is. The temptation is real sometimes. It's more emotion than temptation, I guess. But at least what I've been doing, and I've been pretty successful the past month or so, is instead of laying like a minus two hundred or whatever, I've just been trying to fire team totals and specifically first five team totals just to um eliminate you know anything that could go wrong like at least you that way you got two starters you're betting against them and offenses that kind of thing like with harvey today we rode uh we faded uh harvey with a uh, team total shit who was it can you remember oh yeah it was uh rays and they just scored four in the first five so that hit but still that was only minus 135 which still makes me nervous but you know it is what it is when it's hitting pretty well on this season so Absolutely. Yeah. There is a lot of value in that first five team totals. If you can find the right matchup. Yep. Agreed. I half jokingly mentioned this on our last pod, but the Cubs are one of those teams that have packed it in and given up. Uh, They're on an L 11 going into today. I think they've covered the run line in two of those 11 and they are down four, nothing at Cincinnati today. And now they're down five, nothing to Cincinnati. So, (laughs) I mean, that might be one where you just blindly fade them the rest of the way. Absolutely. But you know what? Like, I don't even want to spend my energy in baseball. It's all about football right now. So uh, that's what we really want to talk about with you. We're going to take a really quick break, come back, and we'll talk some NFL with Joe. 
and Joe. And Joe. Okay, we're back, and we're recording here on Monday, August 16th. We are just a few weeks away from NFL Week 1. We just have a little bit more preseason to, to gen through, depending on uh, how many preseason bets people are firing. But, Joe, we wanted to talk to you about the uh, the Vegas contests. Um, that's a little bit far for you to get to Vegas to sign up for those, and that's a little bit difficult. But, I mean, people who play in contests, one thing that we always try to tell people because we've done it for a few years now is that contest playing is so different than single game betting. And, you know, when you're forced to pick five, it's so tough versus, okay, I'm going to just fire one or two because I don't really love this week's slate. So how would you kind of distinguish between the two? And and you could even branch off and talk about, you know, fantasy survivor pools, other things. Um, You know what? I think when you're looking at more of the contest betting, you have to be more strategic. You have to look at the whole season as a whole um, up front and then work out, especially like in your survivor pools, work out, okay, if I take this team now, is it too early, right? You need to look at different things like that. Um, For myself, I do the survivor pools. I would love to get down to Vegas and enter the super contest. Um, But like you said, too far right now with these borders, um, I would have to get down before the season starts and then... I have to quarantine when I come back up here. It's just an absolute nightmare. I can't wait for life to get back to normal. So um, it was a plan to enter it this year. Uh, like I told you guys, I have Jay Cornegay on my show, um, the VP of the West Book and, or sorry, the Super Book at the Westgate. And he's absolutely fantastic. And every time I'm like, how long? And I keep waiting for restrictions to open, but um, nothing's really happening. So this year I'll just do my survivor pools with my friends. Um, and it's a lot of fun. But again, you guys, I caution you to look at the whole season instead of just taking those easy wins in the first couple of weeks. Cause I think that's where people make the mistakes is they don't want to be the first one out, but you're better off taking your chance in the first couple of weeks and saving those, you know, KC picks until the end or saving, you know, the Tampa Bay till the end and not taking them at first. Yeah, agreed 100%. Yeah, um, at least when it comes to the NFL, the super contest, I think it's hard to make five picks as you're forced to do so, you know, and you got to you got to be as positive as possible, go three and two. You just got to be able to have the guts to, you know, bet Vegas plus four and a half at home on a Monday night. Like, against Baltimore where everybody and their mom, including Dennis will be on Baltimore's <laughs> of the world. So at least for the contest plays, there'll be a lot more research individually into those versus this, the plays on Sundays. Like we're going to be fading Den so much and, and how much, how much we actually do of our own picks will be minimal versus fading Den. I would say. Oh, absolutely. And I think a lot of people have to look at the situational play when they're looking at even their survivor. Um, mm-hmm. picks because if you're not looking at okay this team now has a divisional rival in the next week don't pick them to win that week right like if yeah. that game really doesn't mean much um and that's something a lot of people don't take into consideration they just think hey there's no way this team's going to beat that one well their chances are different when they have a big game on deck for the next week yeah and the spread you know the spread's always involved too and yeah, that's people don't think about those narratives when, you know, it's it's definitely plays a big role in a lot of that. Absolutely. 
flat spots, look ahead spots. I think what <laughs> famous last words are, there's no way, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, any yes. given Sunday. That, that's it. Yeah. Uh, gosh. So, you know, we've got Dennis. Our, I, I don't know how long you've been following us for. Uh, how familiar are you with Fade Den? I am not familiar with Fade Den. Oh, great. <laughs> All right. Father Joseph, take it away. All right. So there's this guy. He's a used car salesman that our, our other dad, uh, Chris Duke, he used to work with him and he is these, he take Chris Duke takes his bets personally. Sorry, RS, but yeah. <laughs> so that, Den texts Chris his plays and then Chris just will take his action. And this dude, Den is the squarest of the square betters. He only bets overs. He'll only take the KC's minus eight. You know, it, he, that's all he does. So what we've been doing for the past like year or so, a little over a year, is we, Chris will text everybody our plays and then we just bet the opposite blindly because <laughs> he's going to lose. And how many units are we up, Matt? Do you have that information in front of you? I do. So we've been tracking Dennis's plays for a year now. And if you blindly faded Dennis on every single one of his plays, you would be up 57.3 units. Sweet. So <laughs> in one year, doing absolutely wow. no research. So it's beautiful. That's what I was saying. We're on NFL Sunday. We're going to, we'll find one or two spots each, but in general, Den is going to fire overs favorites. And all we're going to do is just blindly bet the under and, and make money. Absolutely. I love it. There is a lot of situations where fading, even the public um, helps oh, yeah. as well. I found last uh, football season for Monday and Thursday night football, um, looking at those fade situations, I made a lot of money and I think I hit 10 nights of both um, the, uh, the under or sorry, the total on either side over or under, and then just fading the public in um, which team. And I think it hit like eight nights out of yeah, those games. I'm a huge, huge fan of doing that. So what, what do you use to find your information? I use everywhere. I scour okay. over everything. So I'm big at, I make my own lines to start. Um, I have all my Excel sheets, everything set up. So I actually make sure that I don't see what the books have. Um, I go in, I look at the matchups, I look at all the schedules and I avoid seeing what Vegas has. And then I come up with where I really think everything should be. Um, mm. I look back on the Raiders game, very home opener against the Saints. Now I was like, you know, Vegas minus seven. Well, no, Vegas comes in at the underdog. And I was like, what the heck are they doing? How is anyone going to let the Raiders lose their very first game in Vegas? Um, mm -hmm. So I look at situations like that. Um, I'm huge situational. And then I also look at matchups. So in that case, Vegas came out and won it. I think everyone was on the Saints. Oh, yeah. I couldn't believe that game. I would have, in that case, I would have bet my house on it. That was the one bet that I felt the strongest about in my whole life. And I, especially when then I saw everyone was on the Saints. I was like, there's no way. Why isn't anyone considering, you know, what the Raiders are going to want to do their first opener at home and what really they should do their first opener at home. So um, that's the kind of things I look at. And I find if all of a sudden 
you guys are like, hey, like you should take the Patriots in this game, I stay off it. Because right away I'm already swayed by you guys that you guys are on the Patriots for that night. Mm-hmm. And I can't I can't really look at that matchup without counting in the fact that you guys are on the Patriots and then I'll be already swayed. So I make sure I hear no one's opinion be- until I make mine. Um, and then if the public's too heavy on that, on my opinion, I just stay off it as well. So that's good. You don't, you, you don't get swayed by the narratives that people like everybody were down, was down on Indy in week one. And like, I can't wait to go and place that bet on Indianapolis week one to win. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. I'll be the only one other than anybody else that uh, wants to fade Dan because he's going to ride the Seattle all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you touched on I something else that's interesting too, Joe, and that's to not let outside information influence the way that you look at games. Because when you like you get on um, Twitter or you listen to podcasts, you're going to hear, I mean, you know, there's a million different opinions out there on all of these sides. So I know some people who do like to consume all of that and sort of like soak it all in, synthesize it, and then make a decision. But uh, for others, it's it's really hard when you have all that information coming in from all these different places. And then is that now influencing the way that you're objectively trying to look at? So it, it's really difficult. And, you know, everybody handicaps differently. And yeah. I think people just need to find a way that's effective for them and that works for them. Absolutely. Because when you look at the three of us sitting here, we talk about one team. Um, Two of us could have biases because of like generational biases against that team because of who our parents rooted for everything like that. Right. So you have to really be cautious when you're listening to other handicappers and um, especially for the public. And if you're buying people's picks, yes, listen to them, but then make sure you're doing your research as well. Um, never follow anyone blindly, always put the work into it. So for myself, I put the work into it and then, um, I'm looking at different things and where other people are sitting. And if too many people that I know, well, one, I should fade like you guys do are on the same side as me. Um, I just stay away. And sometimes that's the best move is Mm -hmm. to just say, you know what? Oh yeah. There's conflicting things going on here and I, the best, the smartest thing to do could be to just pass and just live to fight another day. Oh, absolutely. It's way better to pass on a game and then have been right and lose, you know, that chance or to not pass on it. And then it to go terribly sideways for be terribly wrong. I would, I would rather pass. Joe, do you mostly look at sides? Do you bet many totals? Do you look at props ever? I mean, when it, when it comes to, okay, it's week one, how am I going to attack this slate? Do you mostly look at sides or do you kind of vary it a little bit? I I love totals as well. Um, I love playing those, especially when you're looking at, you know, two top defensive uh, minded head coaches. Um, Like when we had Washington, who did they open preseason against? I'm drawing a complete blank. It was New England, right? Yeah, New England with Belichick. I look at that, you know, that total crept up to 37. Everyone was on the over. It hit 35. Um, I had that under 37. I was pretty confident in that. Um, Looking at the defensive mindsets, you know, neither of these coaches won a huge um, total at the end of the day. So I like playing unders. I actually prefer playing unders and overs because the general public wants to root for that over game. Um, So betting that under 
in a lot of situations is a really good thing because that number gets driven up. So I also like once I come up with my total where I think that game's going to sit, um, I look at the line movement within that total as well. And I have learned not to bet. I know a lot of people bet games early, but with COVID and everything, I won't. I absolutely won't do it anymore um, because you just don't know what's going to happen, right? The day of. So when I see a line totally moving, I would rather miss out on getting that under if the line has moved down than risk, you know, someone going out that's really going to affect it on the defensive side. Yeah, Applebaum talks about always getting in, getting in with the best line because, you know, you can look and see how it's moving as people are playing or people – people are betting or coming out of the game or getting hurt, but you know, you don't want to chase that line and, you know, potentially bet an under when it's already been bet down five or six points like this. That's how you start losing value. Like you said. Absolutely. And I know a lot of people believe in getting it early and then betting both sides under and over. And you know what? Pre COVID. Great. But now with all the variants that can go wrong, um, it's too much risk, I find, for me. I, I don't like it. I know I used to uh, give my betters the bets a lot earlier. And then my first big lesson was Sunday football. And we found out Matt Stafford was going out um, like an hour before the game. And we had the Lions in that situation, my betters and I. And I was frantically, you know, sending everyone messages, <laughs> get off, get off, get off. Stafford's not playing. So um, now I try to give my bets out. Um the morning up. Oh yeah, I hear you. Um, one thing we do have on, uh, we have a segment on our podcast. It's called SDBS, which is shit done better say. You know, like uh, <laughs> I love I, it. I can't bet against my team. I only like overs. I love points. I have to lay 110 to win 100. What is that? Is there anything you can think of? You'd like have make an addition. Um, I think you are only a better if you can bet against your team. If you can't bet against your team, you know your team better than anyone else does. Um, you need to. I've bet against my Chargers in many situations. I think the only time um, last season I bet for them to win, actually there was two, um, but the first one was against Green Bay. I knew that they could keep him off the field um, because that's the way to win against Green Bay is to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. So there's not many cases I bet for my team to win. I pick those situations where I think they're going to lose. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Yeah, I, I, I'm a Niner fan. and I went 13-3 and three handicapping their games last year. So, you know, I, it's, I, I love that mindset. Absolutely. Have you looked at week one of the season much yet? Are you still navigating through preseason and collecting information? And do you do, you do any futures, any win totals or, or anything like yeah. that? Yeah, so I have looked at week one. I haven't started handicapping it yet. I just want to see how the rest of um, this preseason does go. I am looking at a couple of things, though, for futures. Um, I really like a couple of um, MVPs. Um, Justin Herbert, which I know he is the Chargers quarterback. He's at plus 2,000 to get MVP. I love that. But I also love Josh Allen at plus 1,200. I think it comes down between the two of them um, from the Bills. And then the Washington football team, plus 230 to win the NFC East. So that is one of my favorites. I really think 
The Texans last time I looked, it was plus 2,800 to be the worst in the league. I don't know if you guys are Texan fans. Oh, I'm sorry if you are. No, <laughs> I'm sorry no. to anyone who is a Texan fan. Or is a Houston fan lately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then um, I love the under on the Lions. That was another one that I was looking at. I can't remember if it's five, five and a half, or if it's even four. Um, the under on that one as well. And then another one I've been looking at lately is uh, Zach Wilson from the Jets. His interceptions um, is at 13 and a half at minus 112. I think that is going to go over. Um, you're looking at a kid that I think he's going to be too fresh out of the gates with the Jets. I don't think he's going to have the offensive strength on the offensive line that he needs. And I think he's going to have a hard time. So I'm playing that as well. I like that too, because obviously the Jets are going to be losing in a lot of games. He says he's going to have to force a lot of balls in there and that can lead to a lot of picks. I just would be worried about him getting killed behind that awful offensive line. And then that would be the scariest thing there, but that's not a bad play at all. Yeah. Because when we look at that, if have like knock on wood, like if he went out, like Joe Burrows went out in the fourth game, the Bengals, right. Then there's no way you're getting that. But I could see his first game, you know, him throwing three picks right in a row Um, because, you know, these young quarterbacks, like we saw Trevor Lawrence come out in preseason, you know, his first one was a pick. We saw a couple others. Um, I'm also looking for the Saints not to do well this season. They have so many issues with the quarterback position. I don't think they're going to do well in their division. So I'm going to be reviewing their win total again and looking at their schedule because I don't trust either of these quarterbacks that they have coming up either. Yeah, you should look in the Eagles team uh, wins under too. That was one that I think all the guys from Fade U were hammering the Eagles under six and a half. So their schedule's tough, and it's more so the days. They play four games in a 17-day stretch, and and then they go on the road for three of four after that. So they're going to have a tough time. Absolutely. And then I also, um, in week one, the one game that I have been looking at, and I'm not completely sure I'll take it to the window yet or not, um, would be the Packers at plus one over the Saints. I just, again, the Saints team I'm not believing in. I think the Packers, uh, depending on, we're pretty sure we're going to see Aaron Rodgers at this point. You know, lots can happen in the next couple of weeks. Um, but I really think the Packers will get that first win. Man, the Saints, to, yeah, the Saints haven't been good at home either, so it makes yeah, sense. I'm interested to see how, if or how that line will move once the Saints do announce a starting quarterback, because uh, that, that's still completely wide open. So, yeah, really interesting to see what kind of offense. I mean, it's two totally different offenses, whether it's Taysom Hill or whether it's uh, the Jameis experience. Right, and that's too much questions right now. So to get the Packers at, like, plus one, I think is great. Definitely. Definitely. Joe, before we get out of here, you know, I'm a huge hockey fan. I've been a hockey fan my entire life. Now we're not going to start looking at hockey season until uh, a little bit of time from now. We're focused on football right now, but who is your team? Okay. So I do have two teams. Um, I'm up here in Calgary, Alberta. So of course I've got to cheer for the Calgary Flames. Uh, I absolutely love them, but I'm also a Vegas Knights fan. Um, I just love the entertainment, you know, the speed of Vegas is outstanding. So yeah, I got those two teams. I love hockey. So we'll have to talk some hockey when you guys are ready. 
Yeah, it's uh, Joe and I are huge. We're both from Northern California, so we're both big San Jose Sharks fans. So okay. uh, we'll probably be really old by the time the Sharks ever win anything. Um, <laughs> they're quite embarrassing right now, but yeah, <laughs> respect to Vegas and the Golden Knights. That it must be nice to be a fan of that team um, with the success they've had. And the Flames, so you, I mean, the Flames have won the Stanley Cup in your lifetime. Yeah, they I have. Mean, so it's it's quite exciting, you know, up here in Canada. I think hockey is a lot bigger than um, most of the states. I don't see the, oh yeah. the fan base. Um, but the fans you do have are absolutely incredible down there. But the whole city comes alive when we have hockey games here. So the playoff run was absolutely incredible. And I can't wait for hockey to get back. It's going to be a lot of fun. I do want to get your guys' opinion on what you think the Kraken's going to come out like, because they didn't build it like, I think they're building for the future, not like Vegas. Vegas built for it right here and now um, when they drafted, but I think the Kraken's really building for future success. What do you guys think on that? That's interesting. I agree. I, I, agree. I think no matter what, they'll probably bet their, their win total under or point total under. Just because I feel like everybody's gonna, everybody thinks that the Vegas can, just like Vegas, you think that can be repeated, which was just an absolute anomaly their first season. So I think playing the under there would be fun. Yeah, I could see that. I would like that too. I just know they're gonna beat the Sharks a lot. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> we're we're a little we're a little down and we're a little sad about our San Jose Sharks. It's it's been a quite a fall from grace without actually winning anything either. So. But yeah, well, I mean, we'll absolutely have to have you on, you know, for a hockey preview. Uh, I mean, it, it's such an exciting time we have to look forward to with NFL week one, you know, in like three weeks. That'll take us through September and then hockey starting in October. And mm-hmm. and then we've, college, we haven't even talked about college football. I mean, there there's so much to get excited about. August 28th, the countdown's like 12 sleeps now, right? After you go to yeah. bed tonight, 11 sleeps. Like it's coming, you guys. Oh, yes, it's so close. What, uh, what college football teams? Fresno? Yeah, Fresno State. We're, well, I'm an alum. Matt, didn't, did, did you graduate from there, Matt, or did you you went back to Sacramento, right? It's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like – my dad went to Fresno State. I do I do like the Bulldogs a lot. Um, we're on the West Coast, so it, we pay attention a lot to the Pac-12 teams. Um which is good and bad because they don't get a lot of national recognition anymore. The PAC 12 is kind of yeah. faded from the national landscape. Uh, I do love to fade USC shout out Kmart's angles. <laughs> oh, I love, I love it. to fade UCLA shout out Jared. There you go. <laughs> and I like to follow the ducks. I think the ducks are going to have a really good season this year. Yeah. That seems to be a lot of people's pick to come out of the PAC 12. It's, it's, become a pretty wide open conference, but they really do have the talent up there in Eugene. Uh, they play well against the top teams in the PAC 12. They play well against mm-hmm. SC. They play well against Utah. So uh, yeah, I, quack, quack. Why not? Absolutely. And that's where my Justin Herbert came out of. So that's right. That's right. <laughs> so uh, what last thing, what, yeah. what is the Chargers record this season? I think they go over, you know what? I really do think, um, I could see them getting 10 wins, right? I think they just hit that double digit. I think the offensive line really needs 
to protect Herbert. We picked up Slater, um, who I believe left tackle. I think he's really going to be able to protect him. So I'm super excited for week one. Um, we have the Chargers and Washington. I'm not sure if the Chargers can win this, but if the Chargers can win this game against what I think is the best defensive team in the whole league, they, they could hit 11, 12 wins. I think this is a pivotal game that will really tell us what the Chargers can do. I think the Chargers got to learn how to close games out. Then we'll be confident in them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> how many games did they lose last year by less than a touchdown? Basically every single one that yeah. they lost. Right. But there's big changes, you know, new coaching staff, improved offensive line. We've got, you know, a lot. We get a lot of injuries, the Chargers. I don't know why, but no one can ever stay healthy. So if we can get a healthy team, if we can protect Herbert, this kid has an arm. Um, I'm I'm so excited for what the future brings. You're going to find out real quick if the Chargers new offensive line can block going against that Washington front week in Washington. That's that's a fascinating. Absolutely. I need. I can't yep. wait to dig into that game more because that's one of the really, really interesting ones. West Coast team going east too. There's a ton of fun narratives there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, there is, and you know, Chase Young facing Slater. These two used to play together, like against each other a lot. Um, Chase Young is out of Ohio State. I love this kid. I'm a huge Buckeyes fan. So. Um, I find it hard sometimes watching these players that I absolutely love going against my team. I'm like, Hey, like, I don't want you to have a good game because I want my team to win. But um, players like Chase Young, I think he's going to be the next huge name, um, household name. Everyone will know him after a couple more seasons. Yeah, I agree. He's a, he's a badass dude. He's, he's a absolute freak. Absolutely. Not a, not a bad bet for defensive player of the year right there. Yeah, he, yeah. I, I love the defensive players, you know, and you've got the Bosa brothers too. Those two, I can't believe how good they are. Definitely. Yep. Well, Joe, this was a ton of fun. Uh, just remind everybody where they can find you because you're everywhere now. Yeah, so um, <laughs> you can find me at Joe Madden Sports on um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, I will be doing lots of content on Wager Talk TV, so you can find me there as well. And then I do have another um, Instagram account called The Joe Madden, which actually takes you back for the last three, four years on that account. Um, so yeah, you can find me at all those places. Awesome. And we'll definitely do this again once we get into football season. And as we get closer to hockey season, look forward to talking to you some more. We, we didn't talk any coffee either. There's so much we didn't get to. So we'll definitely do this again soon. Absolutely. Everyone loves a cup of Joe. That's it. All right, guys. Uh, one thing, Chris Duke isn't here. Kyle's not here, but we just need to remind everybody if you bet on poop, like the Orioles or the Diamondbacks <laughs> or any of these teams here, the Cubs, God forbid, don't bet on the Cubs. Sometimes you get a poopy result. We'll catch you guys next time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, 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 n